Hello, this is Mark Brown for Beyond the Room at the Institute for Mental Health and Centre for Brain Health launch event in what is now still quite drizzly Birmingham, and I'm here with... Uh, Heidi Johansenberg from Oxford. And um, Heidi's just given another fantastic, really interesting um, presentation about brain health, cognitive health and physical activity. So I want to set you up with a kind of interesting question to mm-hmm. begin with, which is lots of people seem to think that physical activity is a cure both mm-hmm. for mental illness and for cognitive decline or, or cognitive illness. What does your research say in regards to that lifestyle article take? Yeah, interesting question. So I think in terms of cognitive decline, so thinking of sort of late life cognitive decline and your generation dementia i think there is real scope for physical exercise or other types of um, lifestyle interventions delaying onset i don't think anyone would claim that those types of interventions would cure alzheimer's disease for example but what they might conceivably do is push back the onset of symptoms such that somebody's quality of life would be better for longer uh, so i think that's the you know potential at that end with um mental health difficulties through the lifespan i think it's really interesting so that's not something that we've directly looked at in term yet in terms of effects of physical activity um on mental health outcomes but certainly i think as far as the literature says currently that you know there are a number of studies which suggest that physical activity has about the same beneficial effects as antidepressants uh, in mood disorder so you know i think that there's not I'm not, again, I'm not sure that anyone would tap that as a cure, but in terms of symptomatic relief, I think there's a lot of interest and enthusiasm around uh, exercise as one route. Mm. And you know, one of the exciting things about these non-pharmacological interventions is that they might be additive. You know, I think that's uh, if it might be that you could combine, say, a physical activity intervention, an antidepressant, and a sleep intervention, each of which has a beneficial effect, you might then see a much bigger total improvement in symptoms for example so you were carrying out the fit study study um could you tell the people at home a bit more about that because it seemed to involve like i I kind of picked up very much the idea that doing stuff with school children schools aren't laboratories yes Um, can you give us a bit more background on that study and where you're at with it yeah sure so this was a large-scale randomized controlled trial of a physical activity intervention in secondary schools Uh, And the motivation for it was that um, a funder, the Education Endowment Foundation, who fund uh, educational research, they wanted to take the sort of clinical trials model and apply it in schools. Because, you know, understandably, there's a lot of um, dissatisfaction that whereas to implement a new drug in the NHS requires a really high bar in terms of level of evidence, the same does not apply for interventions in our schools Mm. so some you know quack policy could be implemented in our schools with zero evidence it's more a question of you know powers of persuasion so what the it sounds like you speak from sort of experience (laughs) or insight there about quack policies well you know i just think that you see a lot it's an interesting contrast that while both things come both health and education come within the sort of government's remit the requirement for evidence is totally different across the two. So that's something that the EF want to counter, is saying, well, if you want to do something in schools, you first test it rigorously and let's see if it works. So that's where Fit Study came from. It's a large-scale trial where what we're testing is whether um, inserting extra bursts of vigorous activity in school PE 
see what effect that has on academic outcomes, but also on lots of other measures around brain and cognitive health. Um, so I think it's a really interesting model. I think it's a really valuable and laudable approach. Um, but it's, the reality of doing those kinds of studies is that it's really, really, really hard. So whereas, you know, if you were a drug company wanting to run a large-scale clinical trial of a drug, you know, there's a massive infrastructure, clinical trials unit set up to do that. You know, people know how that's done in a very uh, straightforward way in thousands and thousands of people. Whereas what tends to happen more in education research is that, you know, it's, a, it's your trying to build up these relationships with schools every school is different the schools are under massive amounts of other pressures and this is you know one more thing to add to the burden so the whole um starting conditions for an educational trial are quite different and with some types of clinical trials but i do think it's it's it is the way that we should move out of the lab into the real world test interventions that are actually feasible to deliver in the real world because it's all very well showing that something is effective in this very artificial situation in a lab that might be interesting scientifically but it doesn't help us know what we should be doing in schools for example I think that's that's a really interesting kind of point to expand on a bit the kind of the bringing together of neuroscience Mm. and things that have practical impacts in people's everyday life Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah I think that there is a lot of potential for neuroscience to be used um, to motivate intervention. You know, we all sort of understand it to some extent, mm. but then it can be you know, misused as too strong, but it can be potentially a little bit misinterpreted or used in a way to support you know, a new way of doing something. Whereas I think there really is a need to, to require evidence for that and to use the neuroscience. So where there are so many different places, contexts in real life where the brain is relevant, whether that's education, you know, rehabilitation, sports coaching, you know, all of these different domains where there is an awful lot of an awful lot known about the neuroscience and psychology of all of those different um, processes and bringing those community, the applied sort of practitioners closer together with the scientists to make sure that they... The practitioners have access to the best quality science and the scientists can steer their science to answer questions that are actually relevant to what the practitioners are doing, um, that that would be a good thing. Because I think it's a really interesting thing that happens because I kind of of surf the tides of quackery a bit Mm. and um, the misuse of neuroscience in the selling Mm. of of terrible interventions, Mm. useless interventions, essentially dangerous interventions is really strong. Like, what advice would you have to anyone at home that was looking at, you know, an MRI scan or something like mm. that and being told that this was evidence of X? Mm. Like, how, how, how should a lay person mm-hmm. um, interpret claims mm. that come from, you know, possibly from neuroscience, possibly from misapplied mm. neuroscience? Yeah, well, I think that always asking questions, you know, what, what are you actually showing me? What is that? What does that represent? I think that's one of the... You know, it's a strength and a danger in neuroscience that we have these very compelling pictures that are produced and, you know, we can put blobs on brains and it makes something look scientific. But actually digging a bit into that in terms of, you know, well, what's that showing? You know, what's that data from? How many people is that from? You know, trying to, like one would with any bit of evidence, you know, that blob on a brain should be interrogated in the same way as a scatter plot of data points or a graph. It's, you know, it, it, 
it has all of the same pitfalls as any bit of scientific evidence and the more we can train our school children and educate the public to question in a constructive way bits of evidence that's being presented to them the better brilliant so that's kind of wonderfully meta point to end on so you have to use the brain to interpret things about the brain and thank you for that that was great Mm -hmm.